Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show, Atlanta Supercross wrap up this is a very special show we have a very special guest we're gonna get right to it i'm steve mathis with me as usual the uh my boss online editor of racerxonline.com jason wygant hey glad to be considered a very special guest steve that means a lot man nope appreciate it we'll skip over to you the very special guest we have none other than the 97 sorry the 92 ama rookie of the year the 97 125 east coast champion the 99 Summercross 250 champion, and in my heart, the 2007 450 Outdoor Motocross champion, Tim Ferry. What's up, Brad? Oh, wow. Much, guys. How's it going? What's happening? Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Yeah, you can't throw the 92 in there, man. That, that really dated me when you said 92. Not many riders can claim they raced against Jeff Ford, <laughs> Rick Johnson, JMB, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, James Stewart. Not many guys can claim that. But you can. No, no, I guess not. So, <laughs> what? What an, All right. <laughs> what, an, what an incredible gap that you spanned in racing. Just amazing. Oh, I feel every I feel every moment of it every day when I get up. Don't worry. Uh, it's great to hear your voice too. Again, it's really good to hear your voice. Uh, that's creepy. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Are All you right. even recording this, or is it just an excuse to, to get red on the phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I'm like, what are you you calling me for a podcast? So I I had no idea what this was about. Let's talk about Atlanta. Red Dog, you watched it from your comfy couch yep. in Tampa. Yep. So you, let's let's get your opinion on stuff. Why well, again? You and I were there. Uh, I guess right off the bat, let's let's take the the biggest issue. Congratulations to Ryan Dungey. We'll get to him in a second. But the the, the red light gate, Ryan Villapoto jumping on it now. Hey. That seems to be the biggest issue um, going into it. The AMA ruled that Ryan did not have time to check up um, going up the face of the um, jump, and therefore there was no penalty assessed. James Stewart was catching – well, him and Ryan were catching Ryan Dungey, and Stewart yep. was forced to roll it, and then uh, that was it. The race was basically over after that. Um, Red Dog, what do, you, what do you think of that ruling? Um, you know, last night on a pulp show, definitely I had Chad Reed on. He said, yeah, it's pretty pretty bullshit ruling, kind of, sort of, he basically said. So, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, well, they might as well throw the rule book in the garbage can if, if, they're, if they say play favoritism to different riders because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it was obviously red. I, I realize what they're saying, though, coming out of that turn. You know, yeah. you're kind of committed, but, but Stewart didn't jump it. So, um, I, I, as far as I could tell, I don't think he did because he lost a lot of time. So Yeah, Stewart did not jump hey, it, he, no, yeah. Yeah, if you if you jump on the on the on the on the blinking light, then you should be docked. Um, you know, I know I heard it goes back to seconds or something. You still would get second, but they should, why didn't they just go ahead and rule it that way? You know, and just right. 
why did they need another Western Pike uh, issue um, two weeks in a row? So, yeah, it was, it was a bad call. I think it was uh, – actually, it was kind of a stupid call, to tell you the truth. Uh, why, what do you think? Yeah, um, we had the, the the perfect view of this because we were in the press box. and, and, and <laughs> the, Hey, the view really is that good. the light was flashing for everybody that? that was watching the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, it doesn't matter what view. I, I don't care what view you're from. Uh, the light was flashing. Period. Yeah, there's times where we can't. Like, there's when you sit in the press box at Anaheim. There's half the track, like the obstacles, you can barely even tell what's going on over there. But here is like direct line of sight. And I swear that there was time for us to even say, "Whoa, what's going to happen here?" Right. Before, before taking off from the jump. Right. Like there was, it wasn't so split second that it happened before you even realized. Mm-hmm. I remember Dungey uh, basically hitting, like, say, the, the face of it as it was going red and thinking, well, I guess that's okay, but everyone else is definitely going to have to roll here. Oh, my God, he just jumped it. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I understand all this. I understand, I understand where Ryan was coming from. He's like, it was a the difference between a win or a, a loss. And yeah. He had a chance to win if he jumped and. Whatever. I know that he would have got away with it and won the race. So uh, he had made it maybe had a few more mishaps, but yeah, I mean it was uh, you know, light flashing, light flashing, the, all the, as it is. To me, uh, I think he got off lucky too because the the initial first reaction I had, and that's usually the best one, like your first reaction to it. Yeah, I, like yep. Wygant said, I'm like, oh shit, big problem. I was twittering it, talking to, like to me, he had plenty of time to shut it down. Uh, obviously, yeah. Mike Williamson, Timmy, your old mechanic, uh, told me after the race, Ryan always just rides with his head down. He's not looking up. We get on him all the time, and there's no doubt that he it's had true. his head, head down, and he wasn't looking, and he just jumped it. Um, so, no, he, he definitely does do that. Um, my first instinct was, who's he going to land on? That was the first thing I thought. Right. Yeah. And then when I was thinking that, I was thinking, well, between the time he takes off from the jump, mm-hmm. who's he going to land on? How is the season going to end from there? You know what I mean? Right, right. Because if there's somebody oh, wow. down, what if he crashes and gets hurt? So that was that all happened in my head and uh, before he yeah. ever even hit the ground. Cause I, the camera angle, when he was coming down to land, I was thinking, dude, he's going to plow into somebody because to the right of the screen, you couldn't see anything. And right. I don't, know, I don't even know who was down. Uh, I think it was Partridge, or maybe it was Pike. Might have been yeah. Pike, once again, in the center of the storm. Um, wow. The, uh, <clears throat> did, did, did you, any of you guys catch Ryan falling? I mean, I, Timmy, you definitely didn't because it was, on, it was I not on know. TV. No, I, I didn't know. Well, I talked to Williamson, and he said he fell, but I guess uh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Why can't did you? But he did lose no, a bunch of time. I was so time. confused when yeah. he said he fell. I couldn't I, – I, I don't understand. And then, yeah, I watched a TV show, and yeah. I listened to all the different interviews besides even the ones we did with him. And he said he fell, but he never referenced where or how or yeah. why. I'm yeah. so confused. Before the sand. What did that happen? The, the right-hander before the sand, I guess. He fell over. And It was fairly early in the race? No. Right. Ten laps oh. in. Twelve laps in. What? Oh, uh, yeah. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. He was... Uh, he was didn't ca- seem like the gap changed that much. How yeah. did he- I got the lap times in front of me. Let me look here. Because I was going on about Jeff Alessi last night, so I printed them out. Uh, it seemed like there was steady progress with, with, with those two, you know, where they were kind of okay, yeah, making he, up a little bit of ground. Lap wow. 8, he did a 55. He was 52. Lap 8. 51, 52, 51. Lap 8, 55. Lap 9, 51, 10, 52. So, what position was he actually even in at that point? He would have been second. Lap 8. No, yeah, he was second because Stewart uh, caught pretty much up to him right, up, right away. Oh, so that's why Stewart actually got that close. Because it – 
Okay, that makes a little more sense. That's no. actually where Stewart got as close as he Maybe Maybe Stewart really did. wasn't catching as much as it looked like then. Stewart, exactly. Stewart and Villapoto were catching Dungy almost at the yep. same rate. Yep. Um, and so it looked like a great ride from Stewart, and it was a good ride from James. But they were catching Dungy. But I don't think I think the gap between Villo and James stayed the same, in, 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 uh, excluding his fall. So, yeah, I think yeah, so. I, 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 fall, and I, I was unsure if, if James had jumped or not. So obviously he didn't jump, and that was the difference in loss. You know, he lost yeah. if he being able to see him, and I lost his momentum in his drive, and that was was it. Yeah, James did a fifty-five uh, on lap eighteen and a fifty-five on lap nineteen. So it was all over from there. Um, Dungy won, though, um, which is a good race for him. Is it just me, uh, Wygant, or if you take the Weimer, the Weimer uh, pass in San Diego, the look over at – who was it last, last week in Dallas? Weimer again. Weimer again, yeah. Weimer again, the yeah. look over, the battle. Now this week, the Cole Seeley, hey, I'm going to drive out to where you are and sort of stop you. Is it just me, oh, yeah. or is he getting a little more undungy and a little more aggressive? Because that seems a little out of character for him. I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. In fact, when I talked to Seely after the race, I heard him say something that I never thought we would hear. Mm. I was done interviewing him, and he said, "Dude, that guy's dirty." Ah. Not dunge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everybody in the Honda truck kind of laughed, like dungy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're calling. You're saying dungy's dirty. Yeah. But. <clears throat> you know, that one particular pass, it was kind of what everyone always complains that Dungy doesn't do. Like, you know, I think it was all right for him to hover back there in second and kind of just let the race play out while Villapoto and Stewart were back there. But once they got, you know, up to third and fourth, it was like it's time to go. So he just immediately said, I'm just going to make the pass as soon as I possibly can and not get stuck behind the guy. So I think it is a, a change, and um, I can't imagine it's coincidence that he did – Something similar the last few weeks. He had to get Weimer to try to get those two points last week. So he just did whatever he had to do to make it happen. Yeah. I guess it won't be official, though, until he puts a pass like that on Reed, who he can never seem to get by. Yeah. Then, we'll, then we could stamp it, but it's going to be a while before gonna, we can find yeah, it. Yeah. Huh? Well, I think what you guys are talking about is the difference between him, you know, racing a guy that's basically, his, you know, roughly his speed, Reed, Villapoto, Stewart, and somebody who's slower. He ain't gonna mess around and waste his time with somebody slower. He's gonna make the pass and go. But the other guys, he's gonna he's gonna be a little bit more methodical about it, and because uh, otherwise they're gonna try to get him right back, you know. Yeah. So I, I would not be a guy to ever leave the door open the dungy. That's just my my gut. Right. Wow. Oh really? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, Timmy, you mean um, everybody on the track was basically slower than you, you know, most of the time. Yeah. You know, I just keep keep it coming, keep it coming. You just, I mean, most of those guys out there. Basically, weren't weren't in your league for most of the races that I remember. Generally, the AMA or the motorcycle or the motorcycle let us down. Yeah, it was always somebody else or something else. It wasn't never us. Never. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, he definitely he's changing. Stewart or Dungey's changing. You know, I think Weimer's well, that I mean, way I... too because I think he gets a little disrespect. He feels it's almost a disrespect. Like I know the reason he's racing me differently oh, yeah, than yeah. he's racing. The other guys is because he doesn't think I'm at his level or their level. Right. So I think, I think you're right, Timmy. Of course, Timmy's right, right? <laughs> of course, of course. It's, um, hey, what about the track? I liked it. That the double dragon back thing was cool. The sand. I like the wall. Nobody likes the wall. Talk to any racer, Timmy. Did you like those walls? Dude, I'm, honestly, I thought that 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 was a better wall than some of the other walls. <laughs> oh, okay. There was, there, was, there was somewhere to land. Right. 
you know? So, yeah, no, I thought it was... Uh, I like the track. I thought the track was cool. I thought it was good. There was some some tricky stuff, but, you know, nothing too too sketchy. There was places to pass, and um, uh, I it was good. Well, again, did you notice, I don't know if you noticed this, but, and I know you don't watch the, the little people. Well, again, you're usually just about the stars of the sport, but... The, the good guys, the, I think is what we call yeah, them. Yeah, the good guys. The dragon the back. Guys. The dragon back. They go up it, they go off the dragon back, onto the table, over, and onto the next table, and then hit the dragon back all the way out, right? That was the fast line. Mm-hmm. Did you notice yeah. the unseated guys were, they were struggling with that section? Like, I don't know if it was a bike setup thing or they just never ridden dragon backs before. The unseated privateer guys, it was like a clown show going through that section. Like, no one could seem to do it like the, the top 20, let's say. Um, did you notice that? Yeah, well, here's, I, my, uh, here's how I illustrate that. Um, when I see, when I do a track walk, and if they have the dragon back on, like they had the dragon back, two dragon back double yeah. last week at Dallas. Yeah. Um, I see those, and I always like take pictures and tweet them out and say, wow, look how cool and gnarly this dragon back section is. That's going to be wild. Mm-hmm. But then when the good guys get out there, it's not wild at all. It's just like a jump. It means nothing to them. Yeah. It has no effect. It might as well not even be a dragon back. So maybe that shows the difference. Like, to me, that looks like a gnarly deal. But to the elite guys, it is not. To everyone else, it is. Timmy, dragon backs, what do you think? Uh, I, think I think you're talking about kind of two different dragon backs. Um, I never, last week, ooh. I think it was, was it two, two weeks ago, it was dragon back to dragon back, right? Yeah, it was over a gap that I thought would be much harder, also walking the track. I'm like, ooh, tricky, because, you know, they get chucked out and they get squared out. And, but Yeah, they weren't really blitzing off that one as much. It was more about jumping in and jumping over. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was more like, actually, if you go a little slower, you almost made it easier on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one you guys were talking about this weekend was really just a commitment thing, and that's probably why the guys stay outside the top 20 or yeah. as you get slower down the field – a little bit less commitment and confidence in herself. Timmy, you were good on Dragonbacks. You were so good. Actually, to tell you the truth, I did not like them. They sketched me out for some reason. No, you were, you were good. Because you never know if, you're gonna, if the front end's going to pop up or the, the back end's going to kick off the top. So, um, And if you and if you don't commit, more than likely one of those is going to happen. Well, again, if I get out of hand on this podcast, just let me know if it starts getting weird. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting borderline right now because sometimes I don't know what to say. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll make the call on that. All right, I'll thank, make the decision. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, James Stewart, third place. Um, now, obviously, he won in Oakland. This this probably wasn't as good as Oakland ride, but uh, he was coming, and he was catching the leader. He got a terrible start. Uh, maybe he's coming around. Maybe the whole East Coast thing, why can't? Where we said, wait till they get to the East Coast on the red clay that he's so used to and the tires and the – maybe there's something to that because this was his second best ride of the year. Yeah, yeah I would so hard to judge the Stewart thing. Well, go ahead. Good. Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. I would say yeah. – I would say I don't even know – I'm trying to think back to when he did win, but um, I was impressed with him this weekend. You know, he did – it was a third, but it was a much more impressive third than, than anything else I think I saw this year. Um and really, him and Villapoto were, were faster than everybody else. Uh, they just, one got a bad start, and one fell, and uh, mm-hmm. and one one jumped on the on the on the blinking light. One didn't. So, um, other than that, I think you know, had those guys got up front, it would have been a really good race between those two. What do you think, Wagant? Yeah, I mean, even that Oakland win we said a couple times wasn't uh, you know a dominant James Stewart win like like mm-hmm. he's had races before. So I think this. 
me, he was riding just as well as he did there. And it really shows how hard it is to judge his season because, you know, the fact that he's so far back in points and that the results have been so terrible at some races, um, it's like two different things are going on. Yeah, he's not riding with the same level of, of dominant speed that he usually does. Mm-hmm. But then there's also been these bizarro crashes and, and weird things. I mean, he's yeah. hardly had a race where he hasn't crashed in. So it's hard to judge. Like, are the results because he's just not as fast as he was? Or is he, are these just been stupid mistakes? And if they didn't happen, you know, he'd be much closer and this wouldn't be so much of a crisis. Like, what's the real problem? Well, All these weird crashes or the speed? Well, we, um, we, we ask every guest we have on. This the question, so yeah. maybe we should ask Timmy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what what's going on with James Stewart? What do you think, Red Dog? You tested with the guy last year. You were you were brought in as a test ringer, like Wygant's theory finally proved correct. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. took it took seven years, but Wygant's theory yeah. about you being hired for a test riding job was finally <laughs> was finally correct. Um, and uh, and so you you worked on that bike, and I I know you're not a fan. We've talked about it openly. Um, but what is the deal with James Stewart, in your opinion? What's going on? Um, man, I'd say there's a, there's, I think we could probably do a whole podcast on this. Um, <laughs> I probably wouldn't tell you everything, but um, I think right now, probably the thing you're seeing, why probably from his riding this weekend, is that there's some c- consistency. Um, he's probably riding with the Pirelli tires. He's probably riding more more of a same type setup, you know, there's not a lot of flip-flopping um, back and forth, which usually when you, when you start switching, when you got a front tire, it's one brand, a back tire, it's another brand, and you're racing Pirellis, um, your confidence goes out the window. So mm-hmm. maybe there, you know, there's a little more consistency to his program, and uh, maybe he's starting to build some confidence because he, he looked a lot better um, this weekend, I thought, mm-hmm. at least capable of, you know, challenging for wins, uh, whether he's, um, you know, challenging, challenging for wins with his speed. I think his speed was finally back this weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lot to it. I, I think that the, the biggest thing that pops in my mind every weekend, when my, all my buddies text me, who's winning the race, who's doing this. At the beginning of the season, I picked James. Um, mm-hmm. That was my pick, and I'm going to stick with him all through the season because it's kind of what I what I do. Everybody flip-flops every weekend, my buddies do, but. Um, every weekend they're like, you still think he's going to win? I'm like, yeah, he's gonna, still going to win. So I'm like, um, I feel like in the next few weeks, um, he's going to kind of flip that season around. Whoa, really? Uh, wow. I, I don't think he's going to win the championship, but I think you're going to see a guy that's going to start racing for wins and, and being more consistent. That, that's just my gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have some more insight, and I think if you're going to discount him – the rest of the season or next year or the following year, you're, you'd be mistaken. So I don't think his, his he hasn't peaked. His time hasn't come and gone yet, from what I can tell. Okay. Wow, that's the most positive yeah. James Stewart wow. uh, review we've had, Wygant, um, out of everybody. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I know more. But I, but, I, but saying that, I've been around him more last summer, so I, I know a lot more. So I'm just saying that I think he's – there's a good possibility he's – you know, I wouldn't say his best years, his most dominant years, but right. um, I still think he has wins in him and titles in him. So, um, it's just my, my gut feeling. But remember when you pushed him to the limit in that outdoor year, that one, that outdoor <laughs> season? Do you remember that? Yeah, I pushed him to the limit. He slipped. He hit a rock and busted his knee. No, no, I mean when he went 24 no. Do you remember though, how you were on him uh, for yeah. most of that year? Yeah, I I don't think we're ever going to see that again. But 
um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, At least we're not going to we're not going to see that outdoors this year with him. Red Dog, what about the bike? What about the bike? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's coming with it. I mean, we can bring JT on here and he'll absolutely trash that thing. But give us your opinion, man. What do you think? I mean, uh, uh, how much is it the bike? How much? Uh, we know. We all know he rode Suzuki last year uh, during the summer and tried to ride that. Tried to ride him this year before settling on the JGR thing. But in your opinion, what's up with the bike? Um. Honestly, I don't know what's up with the bike. It's just, uh, it's just. I, I mean, I don't think anybody knows. I mean, it's just not rider friendly. Yeah, you can win races on it, and right. I mean, a Yamaha is a good bike. Like if you buy it, it's not like the thing's gonna blow up on you, or it's gonna be a fine bike. But it's just not a rider friendly bike for certain people, and mm-hmm. um, I'd yeah. say that it's not a rider friendly bike for the masses, in my opinion. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes he wins on it, and some guys do go fast, and the guys in Europe go fast on them. But right. um, I just I, I really don't think that he's got a fair shake at this point. Okay. What do you think, Wagan? What I want to ask is, um, you know, he's he's had some, like like usual, James Stewart, there's been fast laps here and there. You know, he wins heat races or, or does well in practice, although I feel that he hasn't even been as dominant on the – practice laps or the heat races as he once was um so but but the point i'm getting at is a lot of people are now saying this bizarre thing where they're like clearly it's a bike where you can put in one good lap but not 20 consistent ones and i'm thinking well i know it's jgr but this isn't a nascar team where they put the qualifying setup on the bike like is there such a thing timmy as a bike that is really good for one lap but isn't good for 20 or is really good for an eight lap heat heat race like that seems strange to me how could that how could that be? Is that um, possible? Well, if uh, you know, I guess if you look at it in the fact that he has weird crashes and um, slips up here and there, very odd sometimes how he does it. Um, yep. That goes back to consistency. So yeah, one lap. There you go. There's your one lap wonder. Yep. So um, okay. there's there's something to be said. I, and I and he's always been one in the past to put more consistent laps together, but his fast laps in practice is one, like it's one lap and that's it. And, uh, where the other guys are nailing down, you know, lap after lap after lap. So, um, I think he's just lost confidence and, um, that's just my opinion. He's lost his confidence over the last few years and, uh, not his ability. I think probably just an ability of what, 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 what's going to happen underneath him. So how do you – Yeah, I feel like he's always been good. Like, to me, it's always been – he's been his, – his best – qualifying is his best. I mean, there were years where he was fastest qualifier in every single race and won every single heat, and then he'd win most of the main events. So to me, it's a, a pattern that's always kind of been there. It's just a little bit of drop-off every time. Now he's not always the fastest qualifier, but more often than not. And he doesn't always win the heat race, but he does more often than not. And then instead of winning most of the main events, he doesn't win many. To me, it's like the same, uh, same pattern, but everything on a little bit lower level. But you know, I don't know if that's the bike or, or what. It's just I mean, hard you, to say. But don't, hey, don't dis- you know more than me. I think don't. Yeah, don't discredit also too. Chad Reed, um, Bill Poto, Dungey. There's some pretty right. stacked guys there right now. Do you think? Uh, do you think Red Dog that Chad is faster than he was uh, RC days and all that? I. I kind of think he he is and amazingly i yeah i really i, I think he, i really think he is and 
And, uh, you know, going into the season, I, you know, I said a few times I picked, you know, I, I picked Stewart to win, but Chad surprised me. He almost surprised me more than anybody. Um, I am a little surprised to see Dungey, you know, knock out two wins already, but I think Chad's performance is has been the most surprising mm-hmm. um, because of his age, running his own team. You know, he's got a lot of, you know, yeah. a lot of headache and responsibility um, that goes along with it. You know, he says it's, you know, the greatest thing ever, but, you know, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm almost as in, most impressed with his results um, and the way he was riding right before he got hurt than, uh, than anybody else. Yeah. All right, plus he was an old guy too, and let's face it, you're older. Well, I, you know. Well, I just, I mean, dude, every year he just, we think, okay, well, he's just going to kind of slowly fade away, but never mm-hmm. does. So, yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Remember that time when you won Bud's Creek for a moto? Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. That was awesome. Yep. Um, back, back to you, Wygant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I think to, to, to put it all on the Stewart bike to me is, I mean, there's a, that's that's what makes this thing such a mystery. There's like so many different things. There's <clears throat> is the Yamaha itself weird and unfixable. The JGR guys not able to get the right setup, and it isn't the Yamaha; it's them. Or is it just the other guys have stepped up? Uh, and even if the bike and the team were perfect, he still wouldn't win in his own level. It's so hard to figure out because there's all those variables. You know, yeah, when he was yeah. dominating, it wasn't Villapoto and Dungey weren't there. So you're you know, who do you want to discount or discredit? You know, to say that it's all the bike, then you're, you know, then you're saying that it's Villapoto and, and Dungey are just getting lucky that he doesn't have a good bike. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's hard to go yeah. in any direction. I, yeah. I think you're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of variables, um, you know, to add to it. And like I said, there's, there's, there's three. Trey never really got to prove himself this year. Um, right. Maybe, maybe there was four um, other guys at it. You cannot, you can't point at one single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I, I still think that there's James Stewart's best races are possibly still ahead of him. Like, that's just my gut feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Are you guys ready? I'm going to make a prediction. Oh, James Stewart will win Daytona. Stamp it. Stamp it. Really? <laughs> yep. Going to win Daytona. Watch it. You watch. We've discussed how your stamps are very smudgy, <laughs> very transparent. They're not always, they're not always in permanent ink. Sometimes they're not erasable. If he wins Daytona, though, that's a major breakthrough because I think that uh, his big crash at Daytona last year was where um, the tide really seemed to turn. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they get a problem. He's probably not going to win this title. Obviously, this bike isn't working. You know, if he yeah. wins there, I would think that would be a big uh, yeah. shot in the arm of of the team. But let me let me let me put it to you this way, uh, Timmy. I mean. How much is within the control? You have to admit that a lot of times in a series or in a careers, riders kind of are who they are. I mean, how much progress can a team really make? Like, how much can a guy really step up on setup alone midway through a season? I mean, is there a lot to be gained? Is that possible? Um, I, I, you know, I think there's definitely some gains they can make. I mean, they're lear- I'm sure they're learning. Obviously, they're learning. The bike is looking better, so. Um, you know, he's riding better, less mistakes this past weekend. Um, so yeah, no, they're going to learn as the season goes on. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever get to where they want to be, but they're learning. Red Dog, have you seen, I think we, I think James went back down to 49 millimeter forks this weekend. Um, I'm not sure, but they look like they're gold, much like Millsaps's. 
um, forks. And did you see the front motor mount at all? Did you happen to take a look at that? I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't look. I wasn't watching the race. I didn't go on the internet to look at pictures or nothing. Uh, I, I'll, oh wait, it wasn't on Moto Drive, so therefore, you didn't look at it. No, it wasn't on. It wasn't on the motocross bible. So, <laughs> you, you, you know why? Again, that's the only website he checks. That's it. No, I love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's where you get your info. Yep. He's well, not the only one. No. I've heard it from many. Um, that, hey, Race Rex, you guys don't cover the race as well as Vital does, and it just yeah. makes me want to put my head through the wall. Like, uh, we did nine stories. Well, it just, the, the way that the, the site pulls up on my phone, does, it's not, it's not uh, phone-friendly. So. Okay, yeah, we'll just, just cool. move on from that. World site, so whatever. Okay, we, go we, ahead. Will take that, we will take that feedback. Yes, we will. Um, but, hey, also, too, I still Google MotoDrive every time I go to check it. <laughs> So maybe Google Moto Drive. My, you Google Moto. I Google Moto Drive, and that's what I press. I don't even have a bookmark or nothing. So and so for hey, most fans, so, I don't even know what he's hey, talking about. I'm not about. knocking on Racer yeah, X. I'm just saying it might just be me. I think you're well, indicating that it is you by telling me us you Google Moto Drive every time. <laughs> because most fans are probably listening and saying, "What is even Moto Drive? What yeah, is that?" Right, right. Moto Drive is now called Vital MX, and probably has been for five, I don't know, six, seven years. Five years. Yeah, something like that. Seven, eight years, probably. Um, uh, Set in his ways. Red Dog. What, you, oh, well, we were. Yeah, motor mounts. Go back to motor that. mounts. Front motor mount of James's bike is now a rubber mounted motor uh, motor mount. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's coming off from the frame into obviously uh, uh, aluminum pieces, steel, um, and then in the center is just a rubber strut, and the bolt goes through there. So basically, the front motor mount is floating. Really? Yeah, it's it's bizarre, and and it's a radical change, as you know, Red Dog. Uh, thickness, uh, position of motor mounts make a big deal. Um, most of these teams are dropping their motors a little bit to down and to the front. It just tells me that they're still reaching. And if he switched to forty nine millimeter forks from fifty ones, it tells me that he's just uh, he's just uh, it's just still stuff going on. You know what I mean? In bike yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's definitely still searching. I'm assuming, and I've. I I I'd be afraid to ride with rubber rubber mounts. <laughs> I don't know. Is the motor falling out the bottom of the bike or no, something? No, I, I mean know. there's still a top one and a bottom one that I imagine are. Yeah, know, no, solid. I know. Uh, um, anyways, let's move on from that. Uh, good good conversation. Yeah, that. man, the whole podcast on James Stewart. But hey, I I th- let's leave it at this. I think he'll I think he'll win some more races this year. Do you feel at all that maybe you're responsible for his fall uh, on that Yamaha because you couldn't set it up properly last summer? Just throwing that out there. I would tell, definitely tell you I was discouraged that. Uh, well, I mean, it, a lot of stuff happened, you know, besides just the testing stuff. But right. um, I was discouraged that we uh, we couldn't. Sergio told me. Know. Sergio told me that one of the first times you you went to James's house, you rolled up to the jump and you went, "Dude, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so lost." Honestly, I I was I I mentally quit a few times. Put it that way. <laughs> um, but my. But my drive just kept me going. I'll I'll do another lap. <laughs> the drive of a champion, Wygant. The drive of a winner. Ooh. From Russ. Uh, you didn't, did you see not extinguish that flame? Yeah, where you said you were, no. you had a nightmare about hitting. Oh, the, dude, I woke up in the middle of the night, like like just like freaked out. Like I'm like, I just picture myself going to face those huge jumps out there again, <laughs> and I was just like, oh no. Well, I'm too old for this. I played the Stewart compound on the video game that he has, and. I'm pretty sure I was at his house a couple times. Um, I'm pretty sure those are really big jumps. <laughs> well, put it this way, I was there last summer riding quite a bit, and 
I'm 30, I was 36 at the time. I was still 36, but 36. And I was thinking, man, 36 probably really shouldn't be jumping this high. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I had a job to do. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex steel gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Hey, all day long, Millsaps was on it, Wagant, and, and you, you know, you're the JGR guy on the, on the podcast. You are the right. JGR guy. And uh, right. have you talked to those guys? Have you been by there? Have you talked to them about Millsaps' ride? They had to be pumped. He was good all day in practice. He was good in his heat race, good in the main. Yeah, I didn't get to go to the shop yesterday. We're mm-hmm. on magazine deadline, so I had to miss my free lunch, which hurt, hurt bad. Yeah. But um, when I talked to Millsaps after the race, um, he's his his main point was that he is trying, like he is trying to get better every week. So now it's, you know how it works. Like then he has a good race here, and then it's like, wow, Millsaps really turned it around. But mm-hmm. I think in his thing, he's like, hey, the first seven weeks I tried really hard too. It just happened to come. It's not like I just started going for it like this is the point like i've been working hard i've been trying to get this to happen and i finally did i don't believe it but that's always the millsaps that's always the millsaps yeah. uh battle isn't it yeah I, I don't believe it he looked like a different guy at atlanta his friends and family are there he's won there before um red dog what do you think like the mental he was edge. very adamant that it just is a coincidence no. i even asked him about the dirt and he swears that it's just a coincidence. I, I don't believe that it. Atlanta is good for him. I know, I know the stats prove completely otherwise, but he swears that it has nothing to do with it being Atlanta. That his series always turns around in Atlanta, amazingly. Timmy, what do you think? You know, I, yeah, he, he has said this. Been, what was it? He was taking some vitamin that was going to be pump. There's always been something. I know. I'm oh yeah, you. I forgot about that. But creatine. But Three. the only thing is like, that I can say is. We're not seeing him start up front and drop back, and it's like, oh, there's the old Millsap. So we're really just not seeing him yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> not seeing him at all. <laughs> you know, so I, I almost, I tend to almost kind of say that I think that he is trying. Um, this is where we're at but, with Davy Millsaps. Is he trying or not? Trying. <laughs> I think he is. I really, I'm going to give him the credit. I think he is. <laughs> we, he should have that on the back of his pants. Trying. Trying. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, uh, well, hey, let's let's move on from there. Uh, 
Weimer's made a podium, and I think that's about it, other than, other than the big guys, right? Yeah, two. Yeah, Weimer's yeah, made two Phoenix podiums. Health, and that's it. I, I was asking uh, Watson um, last night on the show, who's going to make the next podium? Can, can Cole Seeley make it? And he said for sure he could see Cole Seeley on the podium, and he ran a great race this weekend as a fill-in for Honda. Um, if you had to pick a podium spot, why can't? Would you go with Sealy or Wyndham? Who's going to be the next guy uh, to get, a, get on the box? I think I'd still go with Wyndham at this point. I think I might go with Wyndham, not even just over Sealy, but I think if I had to put money on anyone in the field besides Stuart Dungeville Opoto, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd put Wyndham at the top right now. I think he's riding pretty well. And he and he'll he says it's not a coincidence. He always does seem to get better around this part of the year. Right. Whereas Millsap says that's a complete mystery to him as to how that happens. Wyndham pretty much admits that that's the case with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, it, I, I think it's coming at some point. What do you think, Red Dog? Yeah, I would probably go with Wyndham. Uh, Sealy was impressive. Um, but then again, he didn't get to the podium, and he was pretty, almost pulling away from Dungey at one point. So yeah. um, I'd probably jump with Wyndham for now, but Sealy was definitely impressive last week. Can, can, uh, can Wyndham still win, Red Dog? I mean, can he win? Can, you know, we, we've seen – now, he didn't win last year. He probably should have won Houston. Last year, but he crashed. And you know he's always good for a win here and there. The old guy comes through, even even with the stack field, if all the chips are down and things work out, Kevin Windham can win. We're two years from his last win now, a year and a half. Can he still win? Can he go out there and beat Villapoto Dungy? I, I think his best chance is at Seattle. Um. But if you look at stats, yeah, it's been two years, and go back to the whole game story against the other, you know, three or four guys that are there. Uh-huh. It's a it's a stack field right now, so um, I think Seattle's his best his best hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes wonder if he really even cares. It looks like he's just having a good time. <laughs> well, I don't he, think wow. he really I don't think he really worries too much about any of it. Well, I'm with you on that. But then when I talk to him, and of course I'm the media guy, he tells me how pissed he is, how bummed out he is, how it's miserable for him to get fifths and sixes, and how he really wants to get on the box or win a race. And maybe that's just media speak, you know, because years from now, you know, he doesn't want to just be like that. But that's been my opinion. Like, Wyndham's got a ton of money in the bank. He's the most popular rider in the series. He does his transfers, which are gnarly. And no matter how he does – if he's just gonna if he's gonna be safe at the end of the night and be walking out of the race, he's done well. He tells me differently, but here's why I believe him. Here's why I believe him. Okay, I feel like this. We've had this conversation about Wyndham for probably ten years. With many of these, uh, he's getting six and sevens. He's probably not really that motivated. Probably doesn't really want to take chances. You know, Wyndham and he has all the talent, but is he willing to hang it out? And then he has a year where he wins a bunch of races. Then he has another year where you're like, all right, it's probably Swanson. I mean, before he won a bunch in 2010, when he won two races there, we were probably saying the same thing about him in 2009 or at the beginning of 2010. Well, you know, he's older. He's got a ton of money in the bank. You know, he says he wants to win, but can you believe him? And then he actually did. And then last year, remember it, Vegas Supercross, he was right in the hunt. Like, I don't know where he was finding that level of speed improvement from the beginning of the year to the end. But he had gotten right in there with those guys at the last race of the year. So I always feel like the potential is always there. I guess at some point it's finally going to be done. But we've thought he was not in that position a million times. 
and then just when you think, yeah, I guess maybe the fire's gone, he does it again. So I tend to believe it when he says it because it's happened before. I think if he if he got if he got excited enough uh, on a Saturday morning, it was a good possibility. <laughs> he seems like he's kind of a guy. If he's in a good mood, then then uh, yeah, everybody needs to watch out. But man, I don't know. I think if you go back to 2010, look at Villapoto's fitness compared to what it was then to now. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I think yeah, it's true. In, in 2010, when he won. Stuart Reed were gone. Villapoto goes hurt at the end of the year also. And then I think Dungey was, the last two rounds or so, was like, all right, I'm just trying to lock up this championship, and he was all freaked out about that. I mean, the window was definitely open, and Wyndham took, took full advantage. But, right. you know, he still, was, he, still, he still made it happen. And I, I'm sure two years ago we were saying the exact same things about him as we are now. Probably. I, I don't, and I don't think it has anything to do with age, though. So um, two, year, two years is not that big of a number. So uh, I think more my my thoughts are more that the field is just is really elevated, wanting you know wanting to do really well, and um, compared to maybe maybe 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see at Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, Red Dog, stamp it. Seattle, all um, the pressure, all the pressure on the shoulders <laughs> in Seattle. Um, we'll go to Wyndham before Seattle and be like, hey, no pressures, but Terry um, picked you to win this race for the old guys. Um, Brayton's doing pretty well considering he can't practice during the week. His hand and leg are jacked up, so he's not practicing during the week. He's coming to the races. Got a fifth. Got a good re- good ride for JB. Um, yeah, I think uh, unfortunately though, how long? Well, Timmy, you better weigh on this. How long can a guy go soldiering on, not being able to ride during the week? He said this year, he's get, this week, he's going to try to maybe even just do starts or turns or something. But how long can you keep soldiering on, not riding, not training, before it really starts? Really starts getting to you. Um, well, I mean, he got a fifth, so he's got something to build on. At least confidence is there. Yep. Uh, probably feels good at least going into this. You know, next if he gets to ride one time this week, that'll make a big difference. I actually think he's right. going to do really well. I watched him ride a lot with Trey, so um, I'm surprised. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. He crashed really hard, but yeah, he did. Uh, I think I think he has a few a few good races coming up um, that are better than what he showed this year. You know who's uh, you know who's sneakily doing a little better, sneaky, doing a little better. Nick Way. Couple yeah, of ten, couple of tenths the last couple of races, beating you know beating Michael Lessie, Kyle Chisholm, um, Brock Tickle, guys that were beating him at the beginning of the year. Uh, getting a little better, working with the Cobra. So maybe Cobra's some, helping him out. Yeah, maybe there's something there. Maybe not. Maybe it's a total coincidence. Seems to be getting a little better though. So, and for a guy like Nick, um, oh, hey. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Timmy, uh, Wyndham did 200 main events this weekend. It was his 200th. He's now second all time. We believe you're third or fourth. Really? Yeah, don't we figure that out, Wygant? Didn't you say that you kind of knew that? Davey threw that out there, but I don't know what that – did he have any – was that a guess or was that – Larry? I swear, I thought, I thought Larry Ward had I 200 think it's a guess. I, I, I think I'm lower because I had quite a few years where I missed a lot of races. <clears throat> in Supercross, so. And you rode 125s forever. Uh, and I say 125 for a, a little bit longer than the guys do now, so yeah. I, I don't think I'm even – I bet I'm outside the top ten. You had to beat Carmichael before you moved up. That was – I mean, you just wanted to beat everybody and say, hey, I'm just going to beat Carmichael. Okay. Remember that, Timmy? Hey, did we have that conversation? <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, back to the red light. What was Carmichael <laughs> talking about when with the whole – 
did you guys hear? He said, oh, the red light wasn't on. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I did. I don't understand that I at did. all. But in, in, in their defense, they are looking at a little screen, and maybe he was on the wrong – I think he's on the opposite side of the, the blinking light. So, um, But I thought that was kind of funny how he said it. It was just like blinking like crazy. <laughs> it was basically like a four-alarm fire going up. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. Yeah, well, you know. Um, let's move on. Anything else yeah. about 450 class? Well, that's the typical way that we get ru- ruined – because um, the folks watch the TV show, and um, Carmichael and Emig says it wasn't an issue. And then Mathis and I had both tweeted like crazy about, there could be penalties when this race is over. We'll have to see what happens. So then at like 3 in the morning, those tweets start getting bounced back to me. You guys are idiots. You're James Stewart apologists. Carmichael said that it wasn't even an issue. Why are you making stuff up to give James Stewart excuses? And I'm like, I didn't want to say, trust me, if you're watching with your own eyes in that building. Right. It was right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And I didn't I, want to do that because he's the greatest of all time. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> let's move on. Anything else before 50 class, Swagat? Anything else? Uh, Hansen. Hey, we're talking about Gunji. Well, that's what I was going to say. We're not even giving the winner of the race a fair shake. The only thing we said about Gunji is the only thing we said was he was getting caught. <laughs> he was getting caught. Yeah. He made it sound like he was oh, uh, lame. What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, great ride for him. And, well, no, we talked about how aggressive he was. We we talked about how he was. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did talk about him a little bit. A little bit. But I, I, I still think that it, it is pretty impressive that KTM now has two wins. Yeah. And uh, and when when Wyndham was, or Wyndham, when uh, Bill Poe was getting close, he maybe he picked it back up. So Yeah, no, his um, uh, his last two lap times, um, uh, he was doing 52s, and then his last two were 51s. And and Villos yeah, fastest lap was the last lap of the race. His yeah, fastest lap, fastest lap of the race. Exactly. Yeah, what you said. Um, yeah. So yeah, great, great job for Ryan. And I, I mean, I can't. Well, again, he he mentioned it in your interview. And unlike David Millsaps, he talked about getting away from Southern California, going out in the woods in Tallahassee and the dirt yeah. and being at home. And and I, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't that work for him, right? Yeah, but the only problem is that, like, like I just wrote something we put up on the racetrack site today. All the other guys he's battling with did the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, now, I, and I have to give credit. I believe it's Tim Ferry that started the entire exodus. Oh. You're based in, in Florida. Everybody just wanted to copy your deal. I mean, now everybody does it. Thank you you. kind of feel like a little I told you so when all these guys are talking about how awesome it is to live in Florida. I mean, you're a pioneer. Well, I was born Taking here, credit so for that. I really didn't have a whole lot of a choice. So, you you but, were the original Florida motocrosser. I'm, I'm not counting Ronnie Tishner. You know we love RT. Um, you were from Florida first. That's the bottom line. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was to say, like now, it's they all. The, it's no longer an advantage. It's just a to do to keep up. You have to do it. Like, if Dungey doesn't work in Florida, Villapoto will. Dungey will fall behind, and vice versa. And I guess, you know, it was kind of the same way when if Reed wasn't hurt, he'd be there right now, too. Like, they all have to be there just to stay even with the competition. That's a must do. Yeah. And they all seem to think that, it's better. Hey, uh, that's Mathis, keep, remember that's we were in. Um, up with the Joneses. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mathis, when we were in uh, Villapoto's bus after the race in Dallas, and you said, hey, you go back to Florida, did you hear Alden over in the corner? Like, Fist pumping, doing cartwheels, cheering. So happy that they were getting to go no, leave California. I, I didn't see that, no. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it shows you how busy 
the guys are. And I don't think Alden wants to move to Florida because the weather is different. <laughs> I think it's because they can get more work done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'll just yeah. bunker down. Well, and, and if you and you, if you know where RV is living slash training, there's nothing out there. Hey, Red Dog. I mean, there's nothing. No, yeah, you get to go. I mean, I, I know I heard you just built on a supercross track. And yeah. Yeah, you just you get excited. The, the year is already – how many races have you had so far? Uh, eight. Eight races. So you're almost halfway through the season. You get to come back to the East Coast. You got a couple brand-new supercross tracks. Nobody around to bother you to ask you for, you know, to do an interview like I'm doing now or a TV show. Or wow. Any, well, no, you just get pulled when you're in California a lot. So um, you get to shoot guns on your property and <laughs> and uh, these alligators and do all the stuff like Reed and those guys do. So um, so it's good to break it up. You get ex- they're excited again. And, and is, uh, is there a ready, big, ready for the second half. Is there a bigger hillbilly than RV who would just love being out there and shooting guns? Oh, or? yeah, he just camp out there in a tent probably <laughs> eating food out of a can or something um well let's move on to the 250 shall we do we get yeah, Dungy 45 minutes right. on 450 so yeah let's move on Dungy did good Dungy did awesome he deserves the credit he won the race I feel like we're losing Red Dog well again if we don't move on he's actually he's we got do us need on the watch on. right now <laughs> he's got us on the stopwatch 45 minutes I don't even know who races the lights class anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> and there you go, folks. Expert analysis by, by Tim Ferry. <laughs> that was just that was only a joke for you. Uh, no, I know you don't. Well, no, you couldn't name ten lights riders the, a few years back. You, when you were racing, yeah. you really couldn't name them. No, I remember how he won that one by uh, saying yeah. the Sewell brothers. The Sewell brothers. He got it barely under the wire. Yeah. Na- yeah, nailed the double. Look ahead, right man. You can't look back. <laughs> Gotta look ahead. Uh, if you look, dude, if you look back, man, you're you're thinking about the wrong stuff. Let's 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 the lights class to me, Barsh is killing it. He looks just so confident, and we don't know what's gonna. I mean, with Eli Tomac on the West, we've now seen that anything can happen because uh, of what happened to Eli. And Baggett looks to be a tick off of Barsha, but to me, the surprise is Bogle. Uh, he's really good, and Kennard told me that he was gonna win a race this year and i was like yeah whatever oklahoma sure whatever he's your bro of course you're gonna say that but and, and why well, again you know me and the amateurs i don't follow them that closely um bogle's good bogle's really good just yeah, rewind yeah. back two weeks ago i told you this i told you like i talked to geico guys i talked to people involved like he was right there with those other rider that's the way that team seems to be you know they bring in the next guy and he's able to ride, train, match up with the current guys on the team, and he winds up racing it around their level. I mean, yep. I mean yeah, I think it's been good, yeah, but, I, but I, I kind of thought he would. Yeah, and I think that team in the last couple of years is obviously stepping it up a little bit too somehow. Um, it kind of bridging that gap up to the pro circuit guys. And um, I think Barsha is just kind of a, leap, you know, a step ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogle's impressive, though. He's, uh, I think his attitude – makes it easy for him being a rookie. He just kind of seems like a free spirit, like he's having a good time. And um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty impressed. I'm not, not not impressed with his handlebar position, but um, other than wow. that, he's, yeah, he's, he's riding good. What's wrong with his handlebars? <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Handlebars are like in his lap. Really? R- um, RC style? <clears throat> well, RC style back in the day yeah. before he went back to – Standard position. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, RC Honda style. Yep. Well, whatever, bro. It works but, for him. But, but he, but he's tall. 
So kind of doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever. He's riding good. <laughs> I like how you picked that stuff out. Just, 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 I don't know if he's have a bar position, but he's riding good. Um, well, again, do you agree with uh, Baggett? He's not quite there. Obviously, first round he was sick. This would have been a really good statement win for him, and he couldn't do it. Yeah, you definitely haven't seen, you know, I think coming into the year you thought it could be even up, hard to pick between um, Barsha and, and Baggett, but uh, definitely, you, even as much improved as he was in Atlanta, he, he still wasn't quite there at um, Barsha's level, but those points can come back real quick, as, as we saw there out west, so it's definitely not over. I just do feel that, to me, Barsha, maybe just because he's the champ, or maybe just because of the way the guy's personality is. You know, I was talking last week how no matter how much drama goes on, you know, whether he's running in the guys or not, none of that stuff ever bothers him. Mm-hmm. Like, you just – do you ever see Barsha stressed out at the races ever? No. You know what I mean? No, not really. So, I just feel like other guys come in and they're maybe searching or they're trying to get things right, and I feel like Barsha just always shows up thinking, ah, I'm going to smoke these guys. And now he has the championship, too and a little more experience in Supercross than, than some of the guys he's racing, say, Roxon and Bogle or whatnot. So I think you add that all up, and that makes him a pretty tough pretty tough package to beat right now. Yeah. It's hard yeah, to I mean, consider Barsha the mature like guy he, of the class, but he almost is. He doesn't look like he is fearful of anything. So right. he rides with no, with no reserve. So, um, and he... And he I, he's just he's he's a lot better than everybody right now, so it is what it is. But yeah, he's riding good. Now I got to wonder if Stanton has something to do with that. Is he still working no. with Stanton? Uh, yeah, yeah, still working with Six Time. Yeah, uh, something something's happened since then. So um, he's kind of, he is kind of a different personality. You know, he's he's a little wild, but he's consistent now. Yeah. So maybe he gets him out. Uh, Stanton, we did, we did talk to Stanton in the press box and. Got him to cut his hair. Got him to uh, shave his goatee a little bit. So things are working out. Um, <laughs> what about uh, what about Mookie? Ooh, uh, actually, the one thing I'm not How's sure that? about there he he crashed in the heat. Was that because the bike cut out, or is that completely unrelated? That's what I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. Yeah, that's a good question. So it was kind of hard to judge. I mean, he, the way that he went over the bars indicates that a bike could have a problem there. You know what I mean? The it wasn't like an error. Like an error, that could have been a bike cutting out and just sending him over the bars. Could have. I, you know, I don't know. He only just barely came up short, though. That was a tricky section. So. It was tr- no, it was, yeah. I mean, you would have yeah, I mean, would have done it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have triple, triple and easy. But um, but if you go back to the guys that are, like we were talking about with the Dragonbacks, the guys that are outside the top 20 mm-hmm. or around 20th that really weren't even jumping that section. So, right. Um. I don't. I don't think his bike cut out. Now something could happen in that crash. Yeah. Well, no. He, he missed the uh, second practice session because of his bike. Oh wow. So. Yeah. And yeah. Big James told That's me they've had that feeling. problem even during the week. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Um, yeah. They've missed. They missed days of practice because they couldn't get the thing running. Uh, Red nope. Dog. Red Dog. You could have just. The bike. <laughs> the bikes don't hesitate uh, anymore without the cars, but. Yeah. Sometimes they don't run. You hear that a lot. Uh, maybe you could have showed him, Timmy, how to put his mechanic on the back and then dumped him off, like you did to me. Maybe that. Could I'm just, I'm just glad there was nobody for him to swat his big old hand at when he went. To, he was so pissed off and threw his goggles down. 
<laughs> but that, that guy just, just, just come around and just swung his big old arm at you and just cleaned you off the bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else in the lights class? You know who's doing well, Wygant? Um, Timmy doesn't know him, doesn't even know anything about him. But uh, Jake Canada has stepped it up with more support for the Moto Concepts team. He's been top ten both races, I believe. He's done well. He's, he's, been, he's been better than I thought. Yeah, but I, I believe when we had our mega preview of the East, you said that with that kind of support, you could see him start making strides into the top ten. So congrats to you. Yeah. Although I know you're biased based on his last name. Yes, Still. exactly. Exactly. That's to you. Um, no, it's good you to see You know the it. Malcolm thing? You know how much it sucks? Like, the guy had a pretty good result last week, mm-hmm. even despite some trouble. And then he probably could have won a heat race here. Like, look at the difference. We could have easily left Atlanta saying, man, Malcolm's right in this. He could win the championship. And now you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Well, now he's out, yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's riding good. I think he's right. probably going to have some more good rides, though. So no, maybe, maybe. Is, is this his first season in Supercross? No, second. Second. So, Once again. No, second like one. Um, but he's, uh, he, he's riding good, though. Uh, Why again? Well, let me ask you this. Is Roxon out of it? I mean, is that sixth? Is that, I mean, obviously he's not out of it, but you know what I mean? Like, that's sixth place? That 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 hurt. That hurt. Yeah, it hurt, but no, nah, I don't think he's uh... – I don't think he's out of it. I think it almost more comes down to Barsha. If Barsha continues to, to do what he's done here these first two races, then I don't know if it matters if you're five points behind or 15 points behind. But if Barsha has a bad one, um, then the 15 points is, is nothing. I mean, I think Roxon is riding well enough to be able to win some races. Um, I don't think he's going to win like five in a row to get all those points back, though. So yeah. he would need some help from Barsha. But I think he's riding well enough to to be right there to, to win some races for sure. Uh, um as a, as a mechanic, man, the, that uh, that Mookie thing, um, I've been there, and that's a terrible feeling. <laughs> Although, like, if it's ignition or whatever, like, I'm sure they did this. I'm not second-guessing him. Take everything off the bike. Uh, injectors, CDI, uh, plug cap, ground, um, kill switch. Take everything electrical off the bike and uh, put a new one on. You know what I mean? How about just start over with a new bike? Well, they can't do that. We're at the top of racing, so take that bike and put the thing in a corner and give them a new bike. They can't, Timmy, they can't. You should know the rules. You can't bust out a new bike in the middle of the day. No, no, no I'm talking about just in general. Like, if you're oh. having issues with a bike, are you going to sit and mess around with it in this days of riding? That sounds stupid. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. At this, at this level, um, let's get a new bike. But then if it comes back on the next bike, then you got issues. So Bikes are expensive, bro. You can't be giving away bikes everywhere. Um, t- Timmy, let me I, ask. Uh, you. I wonder how that. You can't. Uh, hey, you can't afford to have your guy like get power drove into the ground either. So <laughs> excellent point. Uh, but but you know what? Sometimes I think they they think the, those bikes are more valuable than the riders. That's what I get out of it. Oh God, here we go. Wah. Oh wow. Yeah, exactly. Um, hey, no, I can't. No, it's just been a lot of times when the bikes break like that, and it's just like, oh, the bike broke. Yeah. Well, they, they put one of those mechanics on that bike or an engineer or whoever the hell works on it. And throw them on the ground one time. They might think about it a little differently. Oh, stop it. Big deal. Your cowie locked up on the face of a jump and threw you into the swamp in, the, in your property. Big deal. Well, <laughs> you, know what we did, you know what we did with that bike? What? <laughs> we threw it away. Uh, it wasn't and, worth anything. And big deal. Your carburetor came off in Phoenix in 02 and put you in the ICU with bruised lungs and broken ribs. Big deal. Wow. Yeah. yeah, big deal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he did have you as a mechanic for a long time. I mean, you got to give the guy a little bit of rope. <laughs> I mean, gee. 
got to have been a lot of those. He probably had that happen quite often. You got to give him some. <laughs> As he goes flying through the air, he's like, oh, it's happening again. Yeah, um, half this. Uh, I never uh, yeah. that, That's my only fear anymore is the bike break. I mean, same with Mookie. If his, if his bike did cut out, which I don't think it did, I think he just missed time to jump. Right. Um, but if it did cut out and he crashes like that, then that's, I mean, it's, it's unacceptable. So. Well, it's unacceptable you're not winning every race, Timmy. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? It works both ways, doesn't it, from the team and the rider? No, it's a motorcycle, and they're supposed to run. You're a rider. No. You're supposed to be able to ride the bike. Well, you can ride it, but you can't. Every, not, there's only one winner every weekend. Oh. So. Well, again, I think I'm having terrible flashbacks right now. Um, yeah, you're going to be kind of fired up right now. T- Timmy, so. tell me what you think about Angelo. Pellegrini in his season so far. <laughs> what do you think? One of the Sewell brothers is out there. If you just want to use him <laughs> as a go-to, <laughs> I know some of the guys out there. If you just want to drop about, if you just want to talk about a Sewell, you'll be safe too. There's one of those in the class. No, I'm joking, Red Dog. There's a guy from Italy that's made both main events. I don't even know much about him. He rides GPS, but good for him. He's made both main events. Well, I've only been watching on TV, so if he, if he wasn't on TV, I probably didn't see him. <laughs> I can guarantee you this guy was probably not on TV at any point. No, no. <laughs> I, hey, they did say Sewell was on there the other day, though, but he's getting passed. <laughs> I was in the LCQ, maybe. Hey, what about your your other favorite rider, Darren Durham? Thoughts on him? I think he's doing good. <laughs> he's like big Durham fan. Yes, he's I a big mean, Durham I, fan. I, I think he's capable of better, but I think he – I mean, considering you know, two years ago – who would have really thought that he would be up, you know, racing at the front on the one, you know, the, probably the best light scene there is. So, um, good for him. All right. Um, you don't know worry about for him. Like he, he obviously rode really well at Dallas, got second. That's great. And then this week he rode okay, but he wasn't quite in that group. I mean, Roxton caught him from way behind, and he he lost touch with Bogle Baggett, Barsha, the yeah. bees. Um, just because you're on a pro circuit bike, I fear that it's like. This guy's not getting it done. Fourth place finishes, that's not cutting it. You know what I mean? It's just unfortunate the way it works sometimes. Kind of reminds me of their 450 rider who apparently is, we're only paying you. We're paying you to get fifth in the 450 class. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that, yeah. huh? Which I think, no, technically they're paying that guy to race the lights class. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it wasn't his fault. Talking about <laughs> Brock Tickle. Yeah. He has to now beat Kevin Windham. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Mitch is... It comes off as, as kind of a hard ass, but I think he, if he knows Durham's putting the work in, he he ain't worried about it, you know. Yeah. Um, so well, apparently though, know. apparently though, they're, they're pretty hard on Tickle. Well, Tickle's been up and down this year. I mean, yeah, he hasn't has been. been nope. He's he's capable of being more consistent and running up front a little bit more. So, and let's face it, it's a lot of work for them to put a four fifty guy and you know on the road and stuff. So. Um, they yeah. want they want him to do better. It's it's kind of a thorn in their side in a way, you know. Right. Uh, not not saying he's a thorn. I'm saying add another guy in a different class. No. I mean Tim, those guys now Tim, they have to go back and forth, um, you know, between each practice. You know, Bones or Mitch or whoever has to be down on the track. So it's doing double the work. Um. Maybe they maybe they're not going down there. Maybe that's why Timmy, he's not doing good. I don't Tim, know. Timmy Ferry. <laughs> Timmy Ferry says that. Uh, Brock Tickle is a thorn in Pro Circuit's side. Stamp it. Oh, wow. No, I didn't say that. I just, Direct quote. I guess quote. I did say I just didn't mean it that way. <laughs> hey, on the, on the lights team uh, situation, 
Um, we've heard a couple times here, I think it's the long-term goal of KTM and the JDR team for them to eventually become that type of team. Like, they'll be there. Every other factory doesn't race in the lights class any longer. So I think they're hoping that JDR could eventually become that. I think they are, yeah. But, uh, but the, you get one high-profile problem like this. I um, wonder how far back that sets that process, you know, to try mm-hmm. to sign another hotshot amateur kid and say, oh, actually, no, the factory's not going to be in the lights class yeah. anymore. Roxham was the last one. Now we're going to put you on JDR. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no chance of that. Like, if there's a really good kid, he's going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, no way. You know what I mean? Like, just like Ricky did. Just because of this did. one thing. Or yeah, just like James one thing. Oh, yeah. hey, what about Malcolm Stewart's bike not starting that one weekend? Forget it. Yeah. Well, Stewart, yeah, it's Stewart, a shame Stewart, how that works. But. He didn't ride for Pro Circuit. He rode for Factory, so. Um, is, this, is this the part of the show where I talk about Jeff Alessi's lap times? <laughs> no. You hit this on your other show last night too. Oh, I, I yeah, I did thirty minutes on this, so maybe probably not. A, I don't need to bring it up. No, yeah. I'm actually running out of time too. Can I just say though, Jeff Alessi did one fifty six, and after that he did a fifty eight, and then he did a fifty nines, two fifty nines, and then they were all a minute. Michael Alessi, his brother, did fifty three. Jeff did one twelve. Uh, one twelve. Michael Alessi did fifty five. He did one eleven. Uh, Michael Lessie did a 54. His brother Jeff went 113. He is he's 20 seconds slower a lap than Mike, who got 12th. He, on lap 11, he did a 111, and Villapoto did a 51. So, 20 seconds slower than Ryan Villapoto on lap 11. 20 seconds. You should. If you can't ride twenty laps, you shouldn't be out there. Thank you. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe you didn't have. Maybe you didn't have brakes. Maybe a shock was blown. Maybe you didn't have a clutch lever. Let's hope there's a better reason. Maybe he didn't have a clutch lever. I think you could still go. I think without a clutch or brakes, you could still go faster than that. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe if he. Maybe if he pulled off, Dad was going to get pissed. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. No. Uh, Tony told me this weekend that Jeff is like one of those big Clydesdale horses that don't know what they're doing and they're clumsy. And but once in but one, at one time he hits his stride and starts running. And Tony said his hope is that one of these years he starts running because right now he's just <laughs> tripping over his legs. He's too gangly, too clumsy. He actually told me that. So, I, okay. okay. Memo to Tony: It's year ten of. The career now. <laughs> year eight. Year eight. So, okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm not going to go anymore. Anything else? Do we have anything else to talk about? Wow, okay. So good. Hey, Tim, Tim Ferry. <laughs> um, thank you hey. for coming on. This has been the best one we've done ever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling really good about it, actually. Well, again, how do you, how do you rate uh, Timmy on a scale of JT Ping? Well, yeah, those guys, way, are, way, those guys to, are way funnier than I am. Timmy has to overcome, of course, being held back by his partnership with you. Mm-hmm. That's always been a factor, I think, in his career. So, you know, you got to <laughs> right. factor that in. It makes it hard to judge. Timmy, remember when we went to Disney Nations and lost? That was awesome. Oh, I do remember it. That was awesome. And that, was a, that was a tough loss, man. Jeez. Okay. Enough about me and you. All right. Hey, Red Dog, seriously, uh, thank you for coming on the BTO Sports. Hey, you know what? I want to clear something up, actually. Okay. All right. Oh, this should be Ooh, good. What? <laughs> this is good. 
I'm excited. Uh, I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, go ahead. I, 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 we're almost getting to the point where I think people are starting to not like me because you mention me so much. That really hurts. I'm getting, I'm getting some hate mail, actually. Really? Oh. Yeah, like people Twitter me all the time. Hate, hate tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we want do we want to tell them a grass story? Why get? Do we want to tell them a grass story to Timmy? What what about the Yeah. What do you mean that he's just that he was under pressure at Summercross and crashed? No, Which not one? not that story. Oh. The the Atlanta oh. best past weekend story about how he was just there. Just oh, I think people will appreciate that. Go ahead, tell it. Yeah, so we were um scrounging for free dinner as we do every week and Honda still had some stuff left. Macaroni so we went over there it, it was uh, yeah, Macaroni Grill had catered on it. It was me, Mathis, and we ran into John Knowles, who Timmy, you know well. He's the goggle guy for Scott, folks listening. So we're just sitting there, <clears throat> three of us eating dinner, not being important because we're not. And all of a sudden, McGrath rolls by, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I already had plane tickets. So even though the team's not here, I started to come out anyway. So then he crouched down, didn't even take a chair, crouched down to be able to talk to the three of us goofballs goggle guy and two media guys, McGrath. And then we were, you know, just having a normal conversation, and we were so impressed with the normalcy of McGrath that finally Mathis had no choice. He could not hold back any longer and told McGrath, praised him for how much of a normal guy he is. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't. And I don't think McGrath had ever been praised, so they didn't understand, like, what? What, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. And we're like, but, you know, you were, like, on top of the game for a long time. Like, you have every right to just be wacky. Like, yeah, no entourages. Uh, he had a little bit of one, but not really. No entourages. No weirdness. No, no stuff going on with MC. Just, just, just a normal guy, the best in the sport, saying hi to everybody, drinking his balls off at Havasu on the off weekends. Just, <laughs> just, just being a yeah, normal he, guy. Yeah, he was a laugh of the normals. Thank you, thank you. Laugh of the normal. Who knows where it's going for? for it. And then, going from here, so. and then he got up after a 20-minute, 30-minute conversation and just walked off by himself, and no one really looked at him. Just Jeremy McGrath walking through the pits. Hey, I gotta yeah. see, I'm going to send you a picture uh, that, he, that he sent over to me not too long ago. It's classic. This old guy and this old lady, one's wearing my shirt, one's wearing his. It's awesome. Yeah, send it to me. <laughs> it's Twitterable for sure. Yeah, text it to me. All I'll right. put it on there. Okay, Red hey, Dogs, Dogs got to go, so we got to go. I got to go. <laughs> Thanks, Wagon. Bye, guys. It's been Th fun. Thanks, Timmy. See you guys. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.